I had to look in a lot of medical things to look at this one because I am as in dark as you are about this one. This, morning, this evening we're going to look about the subject of depression. So we'll go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. All the way in the uh, Old Testament. And I'm looking as much as you are. Isaiah, Proverbs, there you go, Isaiah. And it's right after the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, Isaiah 61. There we go. Okay, almost there. And let's look at verse 1 to verse 3. Let's look what it says here. And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, the, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives, at, uh, and to the opening of the prison of, to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all their mourn, to appoint unto them uh, their mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let's pray heavily, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Just our mind, Lord, our mind goes to the New Testament. Jesus quote this passage. And Lord, I, we just uh, look at it, Lord, so much we can take from it. But Lord, I pray for tonight. Uh, I'm touching, I'm preaching on a subject that I don't have medical records. I'm not a doctor, but Lord, I'm, do, I'm doing, going to try to do as much justice as I can for the information you allow me to have to preach this message. And I pray, Father, this is a subject that all of us can experience. All of us can go through it. And I pray, Father, help us to have victory over this issue in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, uh, Lord, I need help. We're going to this subject, this uh, uh, theme. Of course, our theme is refocusing. Tonight we're looking at these titles. Uh, Lord, I need help. I, we need help in everything in life, don't we? But tonight is, Lord, I need help with the problem of depression. Um, I don't go very far. I tell you what, I am not a doctor. As I start this, I'm not a doctor, so a lot of things I don't know, to be honest with you, naive to it, so I try to get as much information as I could about this. But I, you say, uh, Pastor, did you ever experience depression? I did, to be honest with you. I did. Uh, and I didn't like it. Uh, I was young. I was probably 15, I would say. I think it was 15, 16 maybe, around that age. And I was writing my cousin, which is my first cousin, we would like each other, and she was here in the States, I was in Portugal, but we grew up together, we knew each other well, and we were writing, and uh, it got a little serious, to be honest with you, uh, she came to see me one time, and uh, it got a little serious, and uh, then she came to America, and it got more serious, now, uh, we were, my mom and dad were migrating to America, but she was so uh, uh, strong about it, she wanted actually, me, actually wanted me to come here before my parents, and my parents said no. Uh, my mom and dad said, absolutely not. Oh, we all go together. Nobody's going. So I praise the Lord for my mom and dad because at that time I didn't like the decision. Uh, but my mom and dad knew better, you know. So I, uh, I had no, I mean, I, I was a minor. I couldn't. Uh, but she wanted me to come so bad. And uh, uh, I think like about seven, eight months later in the writings, because we, uh, we don't phone, we just send letters. I got that beautiful letter that says, I'm sorry, but I... Uh, I need to break this out. I went along the lines along this. She literally were kicking me to the curb. She don't want me anymore. So, you know, so I like, uh, but first my reaction was hurt. I was really hurt. I got hurt. I was young, hurt, and uh, I got sad, and uh, it got worse. I segregated myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to go to work because I was working for my dad. Um, very sad. Didn't eat for three days. Literally, didn't eat, didn't want to eat, didn't want to talk to anybody. And uh, it took, praise the Lord, for my mother. Uh, my mother came to me after three days and said, uh, Son, she sat me down and said, Where are you going with this? And uh, I didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to see anybody. She said, She's having all kinds of fun, and you're here feeling sorry for, sorry, sorrow for yourself, or sorry for yourself. 
And then it hit me immediately. She laughed, and I began to think about her words, and that's what got me out of that. And I thought, like, my mother is right. But I experienced that. I was the most vivid thing that I experienced about depression. I know I was depressed on that time. Um, there may be other things that other times I might got depressed, but I don't quite remember that. This one is very on my mind. But anyway, 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 before I start this mess, I just want you to know that, like I said, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know much about medicine to give you any medical lead on this subject tonight. The only thing I, that I believe to be true is that I believe that some depression, believe me, some depression that is caused by many issues of life can be subdued by, by Christians with the Word of God. I believe that. Some depression, we can have victory by uh, being exposed to the preaching, the teaching, and, and the time we spend in the Word of God, it can. But I believe also that there are some types of depression on which a person needs medical attention. And I'm not going very far. I'm telling you who I know, my own mother. My mother takes medication for her depression and her anxiety, but the, the, the medicine that she takes is not strong enough for her. The doctor cannot subscribe from what my sister telling me that subscribe more than what she takes because it's going to harm her more than anything because of her age. But she is constantly, not like going to stages, she's constantly... Like I call her this afternoon, check on her, see how she's doing. The first thing, did you bought the valve? As a mom, I've been looking around. I didn't find it yet. I promise you, I would take care of it. The winter, the winter is going to knock on the door. So, mom, you're still in the heat of the summer. You don't turn your heat until October. Calm down, mom. Are you sleeping? No. Why are you not sleeping? Because that, that boiler is driving me crazy. Mom, that boiler is there. It's not going to go anywhere. Don't worry. So it's worry, anxiety, and depression all together. And she's constantly. But listen, folks, when that problem gets resolved, she finds something else to get depressed about it. So that's my mother. We try to help her, my sisters and I. We try, we try. Sometimes helps. Other times gets worse what we say to her. So I believe, uh, believe me, I'm not, a, like I said, I, I'm not preaching, need I want you to think that this message is for you. I'm going to generalize as much as I can. This is just to help you and me, if any of us get to this state of being depressed, what can we do? So, but I'm going to help you from a biblical standpoint, because I'm not a doctor, like I said. I don't intend to make you feel bad, need to put you down, no way at all. I just want to encourage you tonight, okay? I want to encourage you tonight, all of you. So I'm looking at all of you even the, the young men in the sound room as well. Uh, so I'm looking at all of you because I want to help you tonight. So one thing I want to be very clear tonight is that any of us, any of us can suffer from depression at any time. None of us is immune to the issue called depression. You might say, I never uh, experienced such a thing, but we can. So depression is a common problem for all of us, uh, for, and all of us struggle with some form of, in our lifetime, of depression. So the, the good news is that God wants to help you with your problems, and he can help you with the depression, problem of depression as well. So, in fact, Jesus preached on this topic when he, reached, when he read from Isaiah 61 in the synagogue. So let's look at this issue tonight. Lord, I have a problem with depression from several points, okay? Number one, the problem of depression. So tonight we are talking about depression. Depression is a major problem in our society. Recent, uh, recently, Focus on the Family publication states this way. That's a, if you never heard of Focus on the Family, is a, uh, a, a program that's been around for years. And the main thing is to help families in many different issues of life. So look, look what they said. They said this way, and I quote, Depression is a serious condition that can, be, that can be incapacitating, devastating, and even deadly for, some, for those who suffer from it. In the USA, nearly 80% of adults and teenagers report currently feelings of depression, and about 16% I'm sorry, of people will experience depression in their lifetime. So depression expression, because, I'm sorry, because depression is so widespread, has been referred by some as a common cold of mental illness. Uh, that's what they say on Focus on the Family. So depression costs, literally this is the information I got, 
uh, society, it's enormous, that's what they say, is they estimate that depression is the primary diagnosis for nearly 8 million visits to healthcare providers, including physician offices and emergency rooms. For those cases of depression that results in hospital admissions, the average stay is longer than six days. So the economic cost of depression is figured to be around $83 billion per year, including lost workplace uh, 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 productivity and treatment costs. While the social, co uh, so, uh, social costs of depression are significant, the toll it can take on the individual can be enormous. This is what I got information. So now get this. Depression distorts your perspective and in some cases keep you from seeing God through, uh, God's truth clearly. And so it is vital that we learn how to deal with such devastating problem. So depression, and believe me, I see this in the life of my mother or my, in my own family because I live, I see it, it's my own family, and I can see the toll has been taken in my mind, especially since my dad passed away. It got progressively worse since my dad passed away. We so concerned, my sister and I, that eventually my mom is going to be a person. She's just going to be in bed. She's not going to be able to get out of there. It's been so progressively worse and worse and worse. Um, it's really painful to watch her. And, and I'm not saying in a bad way. It just it hurts my heart to see my mother in that condition. So depression affects people of all ages, all races, and all levels of society. Many godly people in the Bible, believe it or not, suffer times of depression, including Moses, Job, David, Elijah, Jeremiah, and believe it or not, Paul as well. So many godly men and women through church history have also struggled with depression. Two famous men that I don't talk much about them here was Martin Luther and Charles Spurgeon. Those guys suffer from depression as well. So if you have, have a struggle with depression, please know that you are not alone on this. We are broken people living in a broken world, and depression is one of the aspects of brokenness as well in our lives. And that is why we need to remember that Jesus can help you with depression. But don't get me wrong. Again, like, let me put it this way. Some cases of depression, you need medical attention. Okay, because some cases just need to, in the case of my mother, I don't think my mother would do uh, better if she didn't have medical help. She has the, all the help she can get from and still struggling uh, with that. I can imagine if she didn't have medical help, where she would be right now. So, as we read Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, Jesus said that he came to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort all who mourn, to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You see there? So we see that. That's number one. Number two, understanding depression. So folks, I don't understand depression. I don't, I'm not educated on that. I see it in my mother's life, sometimes the other people's. But let me tell you, I don't understand. I don't have the education to understand that. But I have seen the results of depression in people's lives. In some cases, can be very, very devastating. If you have somebody close to you, and a family member, a church member, a friend, a co-worker, who suffer from depression, please, let me put it this way, listen to me, have pity on them. Be there for them. Don't just assume that they can get out of it. Don't say, you know, you know I, I'm not saying this is wrong. We, sometimes we say, I'm praying for you. Sometimes we need to do more than I'm praying for you. When Job was depressed, what happened to his friends? They went to see Job. They were not the best example of friends. The poor guys, they were just tearing him down, but they were there. So... We're going to look, look at that in a little bit. But anyway, don't assume that they can get out of it. In some cases, they, they can. other cases, they struggle and they can't. So my advice is be a friend to them. Cheer them up as much as you can. Make them see the light of day. Be positive when you talk to them and help them as much as you can. My, from my own experience, I have seen that it helps people to come out of depression. You know, when I go to my mom's house, I purposely, a lot of times, I drive her bananas. You know why? I want that smile on her face. 
So I moved the apples that they have, plastic cables and the fake grapes that she has. She always, I mean, she always had that since we were kids. I don't know why. Here in her kitchen table, she always had this big tray, big serving tray, and full of fake fruit. <laughs> Oranges, apples, pears, and grapes. And I, I love to torment her by playing with that. I mean, she gets like all out of shape until she starts smiling because she knows I don't give up. I just try to cheer her up. And I do, and I, I win every time. <laughs> I get up. So anyway, uh, so anyway, letter A, depression versus godly sorrow. Before we look at how God, how God helps you with the deal, with deal with depression, we must first take some time to try to better understand the problem of depression. So just like the other problems we look at in this series, depression also has a positive counterpart. It's not all negative. So we saw that Bible speaks about righteous anger, godly jealousy, godly concern. Well, the Bible also talks about godly sorrow. Wasn't Jesus a man of sorrow? In other words, it's not necessarily sinful to be sad. All right? I was sad for Chrissy today because her cat ran out of the house. I honestly was sad. I was like, oh, my goodness, the little kitty cat. You know, just bend it for two weeks. You know, it sad me. It really hurt me. I was like, that is sad, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, it happens to us. We express sadness. We express happiness. But you know what? Sometimes those things happen. So before we look, like I said, uh, just like the other problem, uh, where was I? Also, well, the Bible also talks about godly sorrows. In other words, it is, it is not necessarily sinful, like I said, to be sad. We live in a falling world that is broken by sin. And there are times when... Uh, and when it is right and appropriate to be sad. Somebody, you know, have a problem in their life and something happens. And the Bible says for us to cry with those who cry and to laugh with those who laugh. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you share a tear for a brother that is hurting you or a sister, there's nothing wrong with that. You're feeling their pain. Right. Okay? So, actually, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and uh, verse 2. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 2. You know the Old Testament. I'll wait for you a little bit. So look what it says there in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 2 and 3 and 4. It says, It is better to go into the house of mourning than to go into the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, but by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh. So there is a godly wisdom in sadness that mourns the broken state of the world in which we live in. We see this in the book of Psalms. It says, Psalm 119 verse 33, Rivers of water round down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. You see, the, the psalmist look at the condition of the people around him, and he literally cries sad for what he sees. He says, these people don't obey your law, God. It makes me cry. So we see the New Testament. In the New Testament, there's the second letter to the Corinthians. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 7, it says, For though I made you sorry with the latter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle had made you sorry, uh, though it, it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, and that's 2 Corinthians 7, 9. I rejoice now that ye have made sorry, but that ye sorrowly uh, to repentance. For ye, were, uh, for ye were made sorry after godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us. Um, damaged by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh that. So, so godly sorrow is sorrow over sin. It is right and appropriate to mourn to the sin of the world, the sin of other people, especially the sin that was our own sin. So godly sorrow repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Let me put it this way. Don't you ever share a tear for something you did so wrong, and when you confess to the Lord, it just hurts your heart even to mention what you have done? I mean, I'm, I, I don't believe I'm the only one on this. I have done this on which you just come to the Lord, you're broken, you say, Lord, I'm sorry, I hurt you. And you know you have hurt the Lord. And when you, even to mention what you have done, it's hurtful. So it is that sorrow that causes us to uh, hurt our hearts. So let it be, what is depression? So it has been described 
various, uh, variously as, listen to this, this is medical things, as sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, darkness, heaviness of weight. There's obviously a range of emotions we can experience with depression, from feeling down to heavy, uh, having a blue day, so to speak, to what we would call severe or even clinical depression. So the main difference between normal clinical depression is the duration of the severity of the depression. And whatever interferes with normal functions of life, some, some of the symptoms of clinical depression includes the following. And let me give you this. Depressed modes uh, most of the day, nearly every day. Dismissed interest of, of, of pleasure in all activities of life. Significant weight loss, uh, even without dieting. Uh, so a uh, significant decrease in appetite. Change in, in sleep habits, whether having insomnia or, or sleeping too much. Usually uh, people who sleep all the time, too much sleep, is a, a sign of depression. Like my mother. I called her at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. She's already in bed for three or four hours. And she sleeps all night. In the next, I mean, she's constantly sleeping. I said, Mom, what do you do? And I'm sleeping. I'm too tired. So that's signs of great, great depression there. And I tell her all the time, Mom, you're very depressed. So um, uh, what I was going to say, change in, in sleep habits. I'm sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. I mentioned that. Uh, restless. Uh, tiredness, uh, lack of energy or fatigue, feeling worthless or uh, an appropriate guilt, difficulty thinking, concentrating or making decisions, um, uh, recurrent thoughts, thoughts of death or even suicide. According to medical experts, if you exhibit, exhibit five or more of these symptoms for a period of two weeks or longer, you may be dealing with severe or clinical depression, and you need help. So this is not my words. This is what I, information I got. And this is, you know what, folks? All this is my mother. All this is my mom. Let us see. What causes depression? So true depression is, is usually a response to disappointments, pain, or loss, uh, the way we physically, emotionally, or spiritually cause uh, depression anyway. But let me, let, let, number one, physical causes. Physical causes can include low blood sugar. Again, this is not my words. Low iron, chemical imbalances, a hormonal imbalance, or even lack of sleep. Some people also have a genetic disposal for depression. So this doctor, Dr. Hart, uh, H-A-R-T advises, the most serious the depression is in the advance of a recent significant loss, the more likely is that the cause is biological. Uh, that's what he says here. So researchers show that twice as many women as men suffer from depression. And a lot of that has to do with the physical causes or changes in the, human, in the woman, woman's body. Women experience more physical changes in their body than men. Of course they do. We know that. Uh, women have constantly, through their life, especially if they get married and have children, they have a lot of changes in their body. And a lot of, of the woman comes to depressing modes because of that changes. So one question is often asked is, is okay to use, medical, uh, to use medication to treat depression? The answer is, is that's what I research I got, it depends. If truly is truly a physical imbalance, then medical uh, uh, medication may be necessary to help address the imbalance. But the, you need to be careful with medication too because some medications, believe it or not, can cause depression. You see that? So <laughs> it is a, I put it in a scale and uh, okay, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to take care of this, but I'm going to take care of this. Then he's going to get me depressed because that's a side effect of the medication. So uh, you have to be cautious with it. It depends. I guess is the best answer for that. So some people use medication to mask their emotions, pain, so they don't de have to deal with it. But in the meantime, the side effects of the medication cause them to be depressed. So sometimes medication can actually be the cause, like I said, of a person's depression. So you need to be careful with medication. I'm not against medication, believe me. I'm not against that. I go to my doctors all the time. So, but we have to be careful. So medication can be a help, 
but it also can be a problem. <laughs> so, okay? Emotional causes. So, there can be an emotional cause of depression as well. A traumatic event, serious loss, emotion overload, stress, uh, or unresolved anger can cause depression. Uh, issues of life. I'd say in my mother's case was my, when my dad passed away. I think she already did some, had some inclinational depression, but it became so real since my dad passed away. And to this day, she's still not over. Every time I talk to her, is always tears and always a cry about my dad. I said, Mom, he accepts Jesus as Savior. He's saved. He is in heaven rejoicing. You are here crying. He doesn't want you to feel that way. I tell, I, I think I already spoke this words about a million times. I'm not exaggerating. But is it goes back to that. It goes back to that. She was so depressed that she would go, praise the Lord, she doesn't go alone anymore. She would go to the cemetery, not kidding you, and she would sit there, she would bring a chair, and she would sit there and talk like my dad lived there. Like, you know, she, when I, I learned, when I came down, with, when I was diagnosed with cancer, she went there and she went talk to him on how much pain she had, telling him that uh, our son's going to be with you in no time, literally be in that grave there. I know, I, had that. I, was, I was like, Mom, how could you think that way? But my mother said, it went got worse, progressively worse to, uh, since my dad. And she's going on on this for 11 years now, 11 long years. So emotional distress. Uh, like I said, Jonah in the Bible is an example of depression due to Anger. God even asked him, have you, uh says in Jonah chapter 4, verse 4, Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? He said, I'm trying to help these people. Why are you angry? And he did. He was angry. Let's look at spiritual causes. Yet there can be spiritual causes of depression. For example, this, the guilt of sin. Guilt, bitterness, unforgiveness, a lack of thankfulness. Or even spiritual attack can lead to depression. Some people can have so much guilt over their sin that they can cause, cause them to get depressed over. So that the tricky thing about depression is that even though the cause may be physical, emotional, spiritual, the result still affects you in all three areas. You can be attacking all three areas of that, that I just mentioned. So, all the uh, emotional, spiritual, and physical. So, all the cause may be emotion, but they, it will also affect your physical uh, body and spiritually as well. So, so, the cause may be spiritual, but it will also affect your physical and, uh, 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 and your emotions as well. So, you can experience all that at the same time. So, let's, let's talk about dealing with depression and what the Bible says about dealing with depression. So number three, dealing with depression. How we deal with depression, okay? Folks, if a Christian struggles with depression, being a child of God and a possessor of the Holy Spirit, how much harder it is for those who don't know the Lord. Imagine that now. If we are children of God, we have the Bible, we have the preaching of God's Word, we have the Holy Spirit within us to help us, and if we struggle with depression, can you imagine those who don't have God, who don't walk with the Lord, how much harder it can be for them? So, all the symptoms that I have been sharing with you about depression, uh, my own mother, like I said, have them all. She takes medication, like I said, and she's still depressed. And it's sad to see and witness what she's going through. I don't know. We don't know what else to do. We talk about it. We, we, we try to come with solutions. We don't know what else to do. So letter A, we see ministering to others with depression. How do you help a friend or a family member who may be going through time of depression? Let me share with you three essential things, okay? If you don't listen to anything, listen to these ones, okay? You ready? Be present. Be present. First of all, be present. You don't even need to say much, just be there. Whatever you place you can be, be there. It is important. Like I said, Job's three friends may got a lot wrong with their counsel, which they did, but Job's first instinct was they, they were correct. They went there to be with a friend who needed, and they, you know, Job talked, and for a while they were there listening. And sometimes, you know, what a person that is depressed, what they need, they need somebody to listen to them. 
So you just listen. Grab a coffee, grab a drink, and just, okay, I'm listening. You know what? I do that with my mother. I listen to her. And, you know, a lot of times is uh, the door is uh, broken, uh, the gate is broken, this thing is broken. Everything is about The house is falling apart. So, Mom, you are here for how many years now, and everything's still still. What? I mean, she's telling she to call my sister, uh, my sister last week, uh, my brother came to me and goes, did your mother talk to you yet? I said, no, what's going on now? She said, he said, well, she wants to put a new lock in the front door. So why? She said that, that front door, somebody tried to, to come in, and the lock is broken. I was like, okay. So I said, how many people she already called? She called you two sisters. She called me, and I don't know who else she called. I said, well, she didn't call me because uh, this is what happens. She can't call me because it's long distance for her phone. I try to pay her bill so she, I, she can call me. It was like the end of the world, so I could give up on that one. So I said, Mom, I pay the bill. You can call me. All right. She doesn't know how to say thank you. Anyway. So uh, she didn't tell me about the lock yet. I'm, I'm waiting on that one. It's coming. I think it's after the valve, you know, the valve in the, in the boiler. So be present there. <laughs> Be present. Be present. If you have somebody is a family member, is a neighbor, is a whoever that is, that somebody that is close to you, be there for them. Be there. Uh, Jesus is our example here. Jesus left the comforts of heaven to be present with our sorrows. The prophet Isaiah called him a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Isaiah 53 says, he is despised and rejected of men. He says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hear as, as I'm not going to have to read the rest, but that's just the words I want to share with you. So Jesus shows uh, us the importance of being present. Be present for your friends. You are going through depression. Be present and listen to them. Sometimes that is what they need. Let them share their heart with you. I know that is not easy, okay? It is not easy sometimes for some people to listen to the problems of others. Some people say, I don't want to be bothered. Some people say that. I don't want to be bothered. Don't bother me. I don't want to hear your problems because I have my own. That is sad, but people say that. People say that. Number two, show compassion. Be kind, be understanding as much as you can, and be compassionate. Show that you care about what they're going through. Isn't God the Father a great example for that? Psalm 103.13 says, Like a father pitied his children, so let the Lord pity them that fear him. Psalm 103.14 says, For we know in our frame and, and remember that we are but dust. So God knows how weak we are, how frail we are, and uh, how can we, you know, how fragile we are, and he, we are to, he, and he shows compassion to us. So when a person is dealing with depression, it's not a time for either to, to be, uh, for us to, to be critics of them, but to show compassion. Let me put it this way. Okay. So if you're in that state, that's what I thought about this myself. If I was in that state, when I want somebody to be there and listen to me and show compassion to me and they care what I'm going through, Okay, so that's you. You have that. You want somebody to be like that. What about for somebody else? When you be compassionate and be present and caring about that person, it goes both ways. Because first, it goes like this. It might be you today, but it might be myself tomorrow. You follow that? We are all in the same boat. We are all humans, and you, somebody might, have the, might be depressed today and struggling, but it might be you tomorrow. So I heard this thing, do as unto, unto others as you want them to do unto you. So letter three, number three, offer hope. Remember the person dealing with depression has a disordered perspective. They are deep in a pit and they can't see the light. You need to remind them, remind them that the light is still there and offer them hope that they can no longer see. You need to pray for them. Uh, you need to pray for them and with, and with them lift them up to the Lord. Bring their name before the, the throne of grace. You need, to, uh, to, to, um, you need to, to look at them in the eye and hold their hands if it's necessary. And tell them with deep sincerity and compassion that you care about them and you love them. Because it will. So Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. And Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So offer them hope. 
How do you help someone uh, else who's dealing with, with uh, depression? Be present as much as you can. Show compassion. Offer hope. You see that? It's good ingredients to help someone that is with depression. But again, there might be someone that needs that and needs some medical attention as well. So it might be deeper than we think. So that's why sometimes, uh, in the case of my mother, we took her to the doctor because we knew it was way past uh, our... So when you're constantly shivering, constantly shivering, your voice is broken, you constantly can't function normally, something is wrong. So we had to take her to the doctor, and it helped her quite a bit, but she's not there. She's still there, depressed. Uh, she's constantly, constantly depressed. So let it be, uh, when you are depressed... When you are depressed, that's how you help someone else who is depressed. But what about when you are depressed yourself? Here are six guidelines from the Bible that will help you when you are depressed. I'm talking about now individually. From a biblical perspective, what can you do? Okay? Are you ready for that? Number one, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. When God, when depression hits you and you know it, that you struggle with it, there are something that you can do. You, uh, you got to trust something to help you. So in those hard times, trust and hope in God. Go to Exodus, Psalm chapter 42. Go there. I want you to go there. And we're talking about someone who was depressed here, and no one else than King David. It is a man that everything life can offer him. It is a man that is cast down, depressed. And look what, let's look, in, look at Psalm 42, verse 5. Look what it says there. Are you there? In Psalm 42, verse 5, I'll wait for you. This is tonight is more than a teaching than a preaching. So, but any, anyhow, we just go on. And you online, if you listen, stick around. So you might want to listen to those things that I'm going to say to you. So look what it says in Psalm 42, 5. Why art thou cast down? We well, you know what he's saying right here? It says, oh, my soul. He says, why are you so depressed? He's asking himself the question. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you so depressed? And the Lord says, and, and why art thou disquinted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And it says in verse 6, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I will remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. So he's literally asking the question to himself, why are you so depressed? So when you're depressed, it's like walking in darkness. The smile is gone. The joy is gone. The sunshine is gone. There's clouds all over the place. At least in our minds. That's the condition of your heart when you're depressed. Look what it says in Isaiah 50 verse 10. Among is, uh, uh, who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obey the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and not in light? Exactly, is a question. He's questioned that. Uh, so, who's the, the person that fear God and that, that and that obey His voice? That is walking in darkness. No, no, they walk in the light. And look what it says: Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon His God. So, when you have lost hope in everything else, you can still put your hope in God. He will never stop loving you, even in your depression. He will never stop caring for you. He will never stop guiding you. He is always going to be there for you. So when a person is depressed, it's like being inside a dark tunnel with nowhere to go. But if you look up, believe me, you will find hope in God. Number two, trust God's purpose. Just because you are depressed, it doesn't mean that God forgot you. You got that? Just because you're depressed or any other problem of life doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. He knows exactly where we are. Um, it, do, it doesn't mean that He doesn't care. It doesn't mean that you are a second-class citizen. No. You are still, listen to this, you are still His child. Amen. And he, is still ha he still have a purpose for you. Otherwise, He would take you home. You got that? They said, when am I going home? When God is done with you. When his mission for you is over, he will call you home. We go home to be with the Lord. That's not what we say. We go home to be with the Lord. Our mission on earth is over. That's what we're here for a time. 
No, we, we say, oh, I got to live the American dream. No, not Christians. Christians are not to live the American dream. Christians are to live in obedience to God. He is our dream. He is our future. So, that's a different preaching for another time. So, so uh, 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 let me put this, where was I? So you still, uh, okay. Uh, so cheer up because God has not done with you yet. He has a purpose for your life. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 1.3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And verse 4 says, You comfort us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort we're in, we ourselves are confident of God. You see, it's very nice. I said, the comfort that God gives us and the comfort that we find in Him, we can share with others. God is good, isn't He? So something is, is, is ever wasted with God? No. When you put your hope in the Lord and receive God's comfort through Jesus Christ, He will use you to minister to others, people in trouble. The Lord is still at work even in the darkness nights. You will uh, often find your deepest place of ministry comes out of the deepest place of pain sometimes in life. That is why Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, says, Rejoice evermore, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Pray without ceasing, everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So number three, seek Christian fellowship. Don't isolate yourself. It's the worst thing you can do. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I say, Mom, why in the world do you live in this basement that has only four walls and the window's about this small? You don't even see the light of day. Why don't you go outside? Why don't you move upstairs? We have plenty of windows so you can see. Oh, I, I'm fine here. You know what that is a sign? Of deep depression. Deep, deep depression. You know what? Seek Christian fellowship. For us Christians, seek Christian fellowship. Most people, when they're depressed, like I said, tend to isolate themselves from others, other people. But this is when you need the encouragement of others the most. A good godly conversation with others is very helpful. Positive talking in fellowship is very helpful. Coffee time with other believers is very helpful. Hey, every Saturday we have coffee time here. You don't have to buy it. We say in real life, it's free, it's for me. Just come and taste it. It's here. Muffins, hot, I mean hot dogs, yeah. Uh, donuts. Uh, we can get hot dogs if it is necessary too. But you know what? We got coffee, we got donuts, we got muffins. I mean, you know what? It's donated to us. Praise the Lord for the person that donated to us. And you know what? You can come, you can have Christian fellowship, you can sit down and rejoice. You know what? It will build you up. It will build you up. You know, you, you say, well, but I, listen, it's a nice couches over there. We spend good money on those couches for your comfort. I like to sit on those couches, believe me. I can sit there for a couple of hours. Sometimes you just want to nap on those things, you know. It's <laughs> a good Baptist nap on those things. <laughs> so the worst thing you can do is to isolate yourself when depressed. So by the way, we were not created by God to live in isolation. We're created for relationships. So, so look for those Christians who have the capacity to build you uh, in, in great fellowship. We were in, I was preaching a church in, I think it was last year, a year and a half ago, up in Pennsylvania. And we always go to this lady's house. And she was accommodating us. She was a sweet lady. And she, always, she has an in-law apartment, and she keeps us there. You know what lady is talking about. And this time we went there, unfortunately, her husband passed away. And it just said, and she was she came to our room. We were sitting in the kitchen, and we were talking. And uh, she's a sweet lady. She loves to talk about the Lord, always talking. And she said, you know what? If it was not for my church family, I don't know what would be with me. I just love to go to church. And she's the pianist in the church, believe it or not. She's one of the pianists. She play, yeah, because the organ and the pianist. The pastor's wife, she plays the organ? I'm not sure. I know she plays the piano. But she said, if it was not for my church family, I don't know what would be with me. Because I live alone, she said. I said, I look forward to go to church and to be there with my church family, spend time with them. Uh, so she was very positive of that. Of that. And I said, Dad, that's a blessing. So, um, number four, continue on doing good. 
First Peter 4.19, Wherefore let them that, that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing is unto a faithful Creator. So when we are depressed, sometimes it, it seems hard to do anything. But if you are doing, are going to get out of the pit of depression, you need to be Keep moving, keep doing, keep go looking forward, keep moving forward. Don't stop the car, don't park the car. Let him go, let him roll. So maybe you have to, you know, you know, if you feel like you're going to stop the car, stop the car in a hill, all right? And put, <laughs> put the car in neutral, whatever you do. So let that thing roll so you don't stop. And, you know, and get in deep depression there so you can, because once we're moving, our mind is thinking. And that's what we need. So, uh, where was I? Okay, so, uh, but if you are going to get out of the pit, like I said, with the pressure, you need to keep moving. Maybe you have to get out of bed. Uh, I would wish my mom was listening to this. I mean, she doesn't understand English. I would preach this to her in Portuguese. But get up from your chair, go outdoors, uh, walk, sing a song out loud if you have to, bake a pie to give to someone, Mow the lawn, and like if you're a lady, you might not want to do that. Do something, all right? Keep doing whatever is good and positive in your life to keep moving. Be positive. Make sure you address the physical issues, such as proper sleep, diet, and exercise is important. Exercise is good. Be active is good. Uh, if you live in a dark, dark house, open the blinds. Turn the lights on. My wife accused me of that all the time. It's funny because we just get a... Uh, I think in the mail that our, our, our house is going to increase around $56. So I said to her, I said, oh, we need to turn off, start turning off these lights. And she said, turn off the lights? I know that, man. I'm the one who leave all the lights on all over the house. I go to this room, come out of that room. She goes, did you turn off the lights? And I go to the room, I come back out, and the light's still on. It's just me. I don't like a dark house. You were the same way? I don't like dark houses. I like bright and happy. <laughs> So, lights are all over the place in the house. So, you know, if you have to, open the blinds, turn the lights, and paint your house white or some, some light color if you have to. You know, I don't know about you, but I cannot, I don't like a dark house. You know, like the color's so dark, you walk in and you go, oh, goodness, it's so dark, it's oppressive in here. You feel that way? I feel like, I like, like bright and, you know, I can't wait with you. Talking about fixing our bedroom upstairs, and I can't wait to get rid of the, Rose, dark rose color we have. I can't wait to get out of that color. It's like, you know, got something bright in there. So anyway, uh, listen, please. You can do this. You either, even if you want, I will print this message if you want to give it to you, if you want to keep it for yourself, okay? So number five, realize the grief is temporary. Number five, realize the grief is temporary. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. Weepy may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Sometimes you know what we need? A good night's sleep. That's true. You just, boom. If you don't have a good pillow, buy a good one. I'll, you know, I'm going to tell you a secret, okay? I spend, we spend $500 in our pillows. I am not kidding you. I thought like, we were like in disbelief. But I tell you what, it was the best Five hundred dollars we ever give Amen. or we ever pay. I love my no pillow I ever had in my life or any place I went is that it's like a foam. It forms the uh, the the foam of your head, and when you cushion, it's just like, oh. <laughs> I tell you what, I love my pillow. I we we travel many times. Guess who goes with us? The pillows. <laughs> the pillows go with us. Get it with my wife. She will tell you. My wife goes, I don't know. We can find it for you. Anyway, see, I'm selling stuff right now. <laughs> so realize that grief is temporary. It is temporary. So a good night's sleep. So you might, you, you, it does good for you. So after, sometimes you depress or something, just a good night's sleep and joy coming in the morning. In the morning, it seems like, you know, sometimes you go to bed and, every, you just, and in the morning you wake up, even the birds are smiling at you. Ever been there? They're like, wow, the birds are smiling at you. I mean, I get up very early. You know I get up very early. And sometimes, you know, you want to meet a crack a smile. is an owl, a white owl in my, my woods. And, and I, I, I come out by myself and I can hear the owl. And I put a smile on. It puts a smile. Or sometimes I have a deer waiting for me in front of the door. Like the other day, I walk out. 
and the deer's still there. And he's eating my new grass, whatever he was chewing on. It looked like he was eating my new grass. And he lifted his head, looks at me, goes back to the grass. I'm like, oh, he's not afraid of me. I step out, and he's still there. I step out, he's still there. When the door goes, boom, he looks at me and ticks off. I thought I was going to say hi to him. I made my day. Anyway, <laughs> so number six, grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Boga says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Here's the next word, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such is the words that we want to hear. There is no law. There's no law. So just think of those things. Let's go to number seven. Think positive. Think positive. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. That's our last one. I want you to see this verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, all over, all over the verse, all the way to verse 8. I think that's probably one of the great verses you can find in the Bible for when you feel down on yourself. Look what it says there. Are you ready? Are you in there? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Talk about worry. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, that's what it says, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And look what it says, verse 8. Finally, Paul said, listen to this now. Finally, brethren, listen to me. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, look what he says, and if there be any praise, look what he says, think on these things. So, positive thinking. That's what God wants us to do. A lot of uh, uh, depression can be overcome by positive thinking. You might not understand, but think positive. God is good. That's positive. God loves me. That's positive. God cares about me. It's positive. God knows exactly who I am. That's all positive statements. It helps us to overcome. God knows I'm hurting. That's positive. So think positive. Again, as I conclude this message, I want you to know I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just a preacher of the gospel, okay? But I believe that in some cases, depression needs medical attention. And I can tell you this, like I said throughout the message, that I witnessed this in my own mother. Uh, we try, we try, when we had to take her to the doctor. And, and they're doing what they can with the medical things, but it's not helping, to be honest with you. In other cases, the Word of God can help you uh, overcome depression. If you struggle with depression, please know tonight that there is hope for you. God loves you. God cares about you. You know, uh, King, um, King David... He was deeply depressed. You know how he overcame? With the word of God. He didn't go to no doctor that we know of. He knew that he was even questioning himself, why are you so depressed? Why are you depressed? Why are you so, so he answered that question. So trust him, think positive. I hope this message will help you. If you want even further than that, I will print the message and give it to you if you want. Because everything that I said even more is here word for word. So if you want, I'll pray to give it to you. Just let me know. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for tonight.